There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. But I think a big thing when it comes to productivity that's completely underrated is focus. Like, if you could focus 100% of your time on something, you can knock out most tasks that take an hour. You can do them in 10 minutes. Nothing takes that long. Just actually buckle down focus. Like if someone put a gun to your head and said, you have five minutes to do this, yeah. you could do it in five minutes. Yeah. G'day gang. I'm your host, Bram Connolly, and this is my podcast. Each week I tackle a theory. I unpack a skill or answer questions on one of the themes of leadership, resilience, or human optimization. I truly believe that positivity is contagious. I believe that through human optimization, we can be better than yesterday that building resilience is our duty to ourselves and that we should all learn the subtle art of leadership. So this then is the Warrior You podcast. It's a podcast devoted to the warrior within and the physical warrior you were born to be. Join me on this path and together we'll learn more about leadership, resiliency and human optimization. I promise. This week I'm talking to Taylor Offer. Imagine a millennial with ADHD. They're his words, not mine. He's what Tim Ferriss would describe as the new rich. But Taylor's story isn't one of just chancing easily into entrepreneurial success. On the contrary, and as you would probably guess, Taylor worked really hard to be where he is today. And he had failures and life lessons along the way. So many other people would have quit on this journey and settled for a 9 to 5 job. There's a business partner too, Parker Burr who was the driving force behind the idea of Feats Socks. That's F-E-A-T-S. The business ensured that Taylor would line up in Forbes magazine as one of their 30 under 30 when the business began making close to 10 million in sales a year for socks. On the other end of his success was a dark patch of depression. The good news is that Taylor identified this problem. He disengaged from work and society and went to Thailand to escape and then reconnect with the path that he should be on, taking some lessons from monks along the way. Taylor and I talked about resilience, identifying products, scaling, social media marketing, the creation of funnels, the way to set up an online e-commerce business, and we also chatted about leadership. He told me he wasn't sure about what it was and how it all worked. But then during the hour-long conversation that we shared, I could tell that Taylor knew more about leadership than most senior executives that I'd actually met over the years. He took me on a journey as a leader would, so much so that I signed up for his $300 online e-commerce course, and I'm really, really glad that I did. And I'm not being paid to say that. He's an inspirational guy and truly is a force for good. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I enjoyed recording it. Just before we get into it, I want to just remind you about the live event that we are holding on Friday, December the 6th in Sydney this year, okay? It's a live podcast event. Early bird tickets are on sale now, and you can save $15 by purchasing tickets before October 1st. Uh, The tickets at the moment are $50. I'll be hosting a conversation with a panel that we will then be recording for the Warrior U podcast. During the conversation, a roving microphone will be out on the floor with the audience capturing their comments and questions too. The panel and I, we're discussing topics in the areas of leadership, resilience and human optimization, of course, and all manner of topics within that range. It's going to be a great evening, lots of engagement, collaboration and hopefully some entertainment. Tickets will be available uh, for the event as of now. They're $50, like I said, for the early bird tickets, and then $65 after the 1st of August. Uh, You can go onto my Instagram, and there's a link there in the bio. Also, a quick shout-out to Liam and the gang at the Goulburn Police Academy. Thanks for coming up and making yourself known to Reese and I during us having dinner last week. Uh, It's always good to meet listeners of the podcast, and we really do thank you for, for what you guys are doing. It's great to see, you know, young people there, 
looking for service in the same way that we did back in the day. Uh, So some t-shirts coming your way. Before I get some random person to read out this week's podcast review, I want to say a few words about my sponsors and also give you some discount codes for their amazing products. This week's podcast is, surprise, surprise, sponsored by Aussie Strength and Ironside Coffee, two great veteran-owned Australian businesses. Aussie Strength works tirelessly to be at the forefront of fitness equipment, design and innovation. So go and check them out online, reach out to them if you have a gym that you want set up. And Ironside Coffee, they're providing a coffee for the Jocko Willink Echelon Front Muster in December. And look, if it's good enough for Jocko Willink, it's good enough for you. So get some. See what I did there? Get some. All right, here's a review from someone you may know. This week's review, Grunt Crash. How are you, Warrior? Five stars. Ram's podcasts and interviews keep going from strength to strength. Highly recommend to listen to anybody looking to improve their leadership skills, general knowledge, or to just listen to his dulcet tones. (laughs) P.S. When a mate ends up doing an interview, you can't not listen, right? How are you? Good, how are you? I'm good, man. Hey, thanks so much for coming on the Warrior You podcast. Of course. Thanks for having me. I've got heaps of stuff I want to talk to you about. The premise of the Warrior You podcast is around leadership and resilience and human optimization. My background is I'm an Australian Special Forces officer. After leaving the military, um, I decided to go down the entrepreneurial route and found it was actually a lot harder than I thought it would be, which is you know, sort of where I came across your profile and Taylor in particular how successful you were launching out of university and, and into into the field that you're in now. And I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about that about that journey and some of the lessons that you've learned, touch on some leadership stuff that maybe, you know, you've learned along the way, the resilience that you've had to show, especially especially like the story about um, you know, the startup, the Kickstarter and how you had to get that how it looked like it was going to fail and you guys had to come up with stuff on the fly. Very similar to a military operation actually, when you just have to manage crisis you know and then um maybe touch on some ways that you optimize yourself to keep ahead of the game cool yeah let's do it um well how about you introduce yourself first to the australian listeners because some people might not know who you are in australia (laughs) cool so my name is taylor offer i am the founder of feet socks i'm the founder of taylor parker agency we are um, myself, my co-founder, been named Forbes 330 for e-commerce. We sold millions of dollars of different types of products online. Sold millions of dollars of socks online, millions of dollars of hoodies online. Recently, we began consulting, and we have a bunch of consulting clients that we help. Um, so, anything with e-commerce and social media, we've done. Um, we've worked with the biggest influencers and celebrities in the world, and. We've scaled our own social following to a couple hundred thousand followers there. So we are experts in the digital world of digital advertising and social media. And what, what was your degree in at university? So in university, initially my first year, um, I was doing finance and I was very into doing finance because I thought, all I thought about was money at the time. And I was like, all I want to do is get a six figure job out of school. That's all that matters. I'm doing finance. I'm doing investment banking, worked as hard as I can, like busted my tail line to get a investment banking internship, finally got that coveted internship, got there. And I realized like no one was happy there. They're all making a lot of money, but they're all on their third or fourth wives and they weren't happy or were having fun. It just was a shitty environment. And I said, I don't want to be like these people. I want to enjoy my life. I don't want to think just about money. So I dropped out of the business school right after that. And said, I don't want to do that and started my own company. Um, so then I ended up graduating with a degree in entrepreneurship, but initially was doing finance. That's a relatively new degree in Australia, entrepreneurship. It's a relatively new thing to study. Um, we're about five to 10 years behind the US, I guess, in a lot of ways. And as today's podcast will probably highlight to a lot of the listeners, there's a reason for that. And it could be the critical mass of population in Australia, as we'll, we'll discuss in a little bit. What I'm really interested in to start with because I know people here who tell me business to business is where to make money, not business to the population. But all of the really successful entrepreneurs that I see in America are definitely doing a business to business to the population. They're doing, you know, they're selling a product and they're building a following. I'm, and I'm not convinced that we can't do it here in Australia yet. Yeah, we call it D to C here, direct to consumer. 
um, or business to population um, or business to people, whatever. Um, it's sexy. So there's a lot of these sexier brands there that people notice, but there is a huge business of B2B and business to business. And it's funny. We joke about it all the time. It's like the B2B companies are the ones that are actually making money in e-commerce. The direct consumer ones, a lot of them aren't that profitable. They're scaling maybe sexy brands and they're getting those PR and press and they're speaking places. And a lot of these D2C founders are actually finding other ways to monetize because it's never a, it's never a cash flow positive intensive business. Meaning the second you make some products and you sell them, guess what? You got to go buy twice as much products and you have no money and you just, you keep building up your inventory. So you're building up your asset of inventory. Whereas in a B2B business and a business in a, where you're selling business services, it's a very, there's excess cash. You make your product, you sell it, and you're able to actually have profit there. For the direct consumer, a lot of these direct consumer entrepreneurs, like we're all waiting for our exits. Like you build, you build, you build, you build. Hopefully you get acquired one day for X amount of money. Um, yeah, right. But yeah, it's yeah. interesting. A lot of people want to do direct to consumer or business to people or business to population because it's sexy. They want to be that sexy co-founder on the front of the Forbes article and be Forbes 130. And I think that's what a lot of people in America are going after right now. Yeah, right. And so, like, I've got this this podcast, which has a couple of sponsors, which is um, Aussie Strength and Ironside Coffee. And there's been a few other sponsors around, you know, along the way. So I've monetized it to a certain extent, but that just covers my time. So then we had these, these T-shirts, and they were selling great guns, and they were sending me broke. Because by the time I yeah. by the time I got the t-shirts printed, and they had to be done in America because it's the only place that makes good quality you know, t-shirts, and of course I want to be known to have good quality. And then the next thing you know, when you when you're posting all the way around Australia, you're actually making a loss. And as you say, if you hold stock on hand and then you sell all that, then there's a time a time lag to get the next lot of stock. And the business to consumer is as you, as you say, it's not. Yeah, okay, yeah, it's an interesting interesting sort of area. Maybe I need to sell business to business t-shirts. Yeah, exactly. Cause it's hard just cause in the business to consumer, direct to consumer, you're fighting to get back to zero. So you'll take on this inventory and spend however many thousands or tens of thousands of dollars of inventory. And now you have to fight and climb to get back to zero. Yeah. And once you get to zero or anything in the positive, you just take all that money and reinvest it again and then fight to get back to zero again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Which is a lot of things people don't really think about. So, at the end of university, you guys launched a Kickstarting Kickstarter campaign. Tell, yeah. me, tell me about that. That's amazing, I think. So we were in college. We had no idea how much money we needed or wanted. Um, so we tried to raise 20000 I think it was $20,000 on Kickstarter or $25,000. Um, and we, at first, we got all of our friends and family, everyone we around school to buy. And then we were at like maybe ten or 15000 We were pretty short. Maybe 10000 We were about like 15000 short. And we couldn't get over the hump. And the way Kickstarter works is either you get all the money and you hit your goal or you don't get, you don't hit the goal and you get zero of the money. So we're like, okay, we have to, we have no option. We have to get to $25,000. Um, so then we started like going to coffee shops. We'd give people $1 bills to go and put their credit card online. I'd, I'd go up to a random person in the coffee shop and Starbucks and places and be like, Hey, I have this Kickstarter campaign. If I give you $1 right now, can you log into Kickstarter and put $1 and back our campaign? And we got a bunch of people back in our campaign that way. Um, yeah. Just to try to get $1 at a time. Um, and then that actually tripped up the Kickstarter algorithm because it's also an influx of backers and it, it promoted us to a Kickstarter staff pick. And from there, we were a Kickstarter staff pick and that allowed us to scale and get a lot more exposure and actually hit our goal. So it's just like when your back's against the wall like that and you know you have no other option, it's like, you, you get it or you don't and you're done. It's like, and that's kind of like, we always joke like that's the best place to be in because you're back against the wall. You're going to make it happen or you're not, but you have no options. And it's like, that's when you actually do your best work when you're the most resilient, when it's like your back is fully against the wall. You have to do something or you're done. It's like, we always, I live for those like do or die moments because it gets you to like, you get a certain power in yourself, which you didn't know you had. Yeah, I've heard that so much this week. Like I've, I've interviewed a whole heap of people, you know, this week late in the US and they're all saying when, when you quit your job or when you get fired or when you're broke or when you've got a computer and you're sitting in a coffee shop and you've got nothing left, that's when the moment comes to you in, in clarity of what you have to do to be successful and, it might, and it's scaling success as well. You know, not everyone's going to be like yourself on the cover of, well, not on the cover, but you know, 30 under 30 Forbes, you know, yep. which is, what was that like? <laughs> that must've been amazing. 
It's so funny because it's something that you work towards your whole life, right? <laughs> and it's your whole life. You have that in your mind. You're, you're, you're visualizing that's all you really want. And then you get it and you're ecstatic for like a couple of days and everyone's congratulating you and it's so awesome. And then two days later, no one remembers. <laughs> and then you're the same person. It's all the same. Then you realize, wow, like external motivation, like it, it's, it's a vanity metric at, at the end of the day. It's like, it doesn't, didn't change how profitable our business was. Yeah. Didn't change how smart I was. It's nice to get validation and that's awesome. But at the end of the day, it's like, I want my internal value, validation. Like I don't need someone else to say, I'm good at e-commerce or smart. It's like, it's, I've learned that I don't crave external validation anymore. At the beginning of the company, that's all I wanted was external validation. All the New York Times, Forbes, like entrepreneur that all write about us. And that's all I cared about. Then I realized I just want to make a profitable, sustainable business. That's all great. That's icing on the cake, but that shouldn't be the goal. Yeah. It seems like we're going to go down that path of talking about what it's like at the point where you're set up and where that self-actualization is, is a different thing. We'll, go, we'll get to that in a bit. So, yeah, yeah. The, kick, the Kickstarter, you, you, you put your own cash into the Kickstarter to basically, not trick, but to trigger the al- algorithm so that it would push you higher up in the standings, which makes perfect sense now, think of it, and is a little bit of yeah. genius. When did that come to you know, yourself or, or your business partner that you had to do that? Like, when did you sit down and go, you know what, if we do this? So it wasn't as pre-calculated as it seems. Yeah, right. It was, we have no idea how to get anything. We've texted everyone we know. I have no other option besides going to every stranger in the street right now and begging them to sign up. Right. And that, it wasn't intended to be growth hacking. Now we do a lot of growth hacking, a lot of growth marketing. And that was kind of the entry point. Yeah. And it was funny too, that Kickstarter campaign that we did. Uh, I remember at the time when we were, we were going to go on Kickstarter and then our plan was to raise $50,000 in venture funding. And like as an angel investment, we wanted to get 10 different people and we wanted them all to write $5,000 checks. We wanted to raise $50,000 yeah. and we wanted to give up half of our company for 50% of our company. And I remember we met, like, we met with an advisor then around that same time. And he was like, first of all, you don't want 10 investors. That's a pain to deal with. Second of all, don't value your company at $100,000. Value it at millions of dollars. And we were like, dude, what do you mean value it at millions? He goes, you are what you say you're worth. Pretty soon after that, we ended up raising $250,000 at like a $1.3 million valuation. And that helped jumpstart our business. So what's interesting is your business was initially is a subscription model, right? Where you deliver to people's door every month, two pairs of socks. Was that the initial, was that the initial idea or did you change that? Now we are subscription. When we first started, we wanted to sell single pairs of socks right? for $15. We started by saying we want to sell socks for $15 a pair, single socks. And we wanted like our plan wasn't even e-commerce at first. Our plan at first was to get into stores. So we got into 500 stores across the U.S. and all over. Uh, I think we actually had a store in Australia too. We had stores all over the world that we were selling into. Yeah. And then we realized retail sucks and retail's <laughs> dying. Around the same time, we started working these influencers. It's like 2014, 2015. Um, and we started working with this gymnastics gold medalist. Her name was Allie Raisman. And we made her her own sock. She was the U.S. gymnastics captain during the Olympics. Her sock, she sold like half a million dollars all through digital, driving through her social, her social channels through her Instagram. And we're like, whoa, influencer marketing. Then we started working with all these other influencers, people like Logan Paul, the chain smokers, and we made them their own custom sock and started driving millions of unique visitors to our site through these people. And then we're like, whoa, this is cool. We sell a lot of stuff online. We're an e-commerce company. And then we stumbled into digital acquisition. So doing our own Facebook and Instagram ads and got really good at that. But then we realized the socks, a $15 sock is difficult to advertise because you need a higher margin. You want to sell a higher ticket item. So that's how we kind of stumbled into hoodies. It's a better e-commerce product. And so that sort of trial and error, that, that's sort of a way that an e-commerce business can put its feelers out into the market and then work out you know, what it is that, that the, the market wants. Is that right? Exactly. So hoodies, we launched hoodies last year. Last summer... We were only selling socks like a year and a half ago and we were selling millions of dollars of socks a year. And I remember in the middle of the summer, in the middle of the heat wave, the hottest heat wave in Cal- in Los Angeles or in the United States, we decided to launch hoodies right. and we launched hoodies and bathing suits at the same time. 
And we're like, no way we sell any hoodies. We're going to sell all bathing suits. Summer, it's hot. We sold almost $200,000 of hoodies that first month. Yeah, and they're not... Within four weeks of life. And they're not super cheap. Like, they're a high-end they're a high end product. It's not like it's a... Yeah, $90 a hoodie. Yeah, it's a, so that's $127 for, an, for Australians in, in, in yeah. non-real money. Yeah. Yeah, so they're a high price point. <laughs> And this, the sock subscription still stands, doesn't it? It's $20 now a month and you get two pairs of socks a month. And do you get to design those socks or or, does it, or what happens there? No, we choose. Yeah. And it's, we tell them we're going, to sell you, we're going to send you guys awesome socks every month. People love the socks and yeah. that's it. It's the fun surprise factor of getting fun, awesome socks every month. Before we before we excite all the Australian entrepreneurs um, by by saying that you could do this to nearly any e commerce company, which I'm sure you probably could, what was your inspiration for e commerce? And if you say Gary V, I'm gonna switch off the uh, recording because <laughs> he's killing That's so me. Funny. Yeah, and I just don't like Gary V. He's one of those guys that. He says he's an expert, so and no one else is screaming. He screams the loudest that he's an expert, so people just believe it. Yeah, right? yeah. I, I wouldn't say he's the best e-commerce person in the world, but he's the loudest screamer of, I'm the best e-commerce person in the world, so people believe that. I think the people that actually know e-commerce and do it, like where's, we kind of like, it's like, oh, it's just, he's, he's that kid screaming he's the best, but is he actually, I doubt it. Um, yeah. But yeah, he's an interesting one for entrepreneurs. He actually like had a very negative effect on my life as an entrepreneur. Really? Uh, which I think a lot of people don't talk about, but he preaches this lifestyle of you have to hustle 24 seven. Like if you're not working all around the clock, you're going to lose. Mm. You have to work weekends. You don't have time for friends. You don't have time for family. Yeah. You don't have time for anything else. Work, work, work. No fun. If you have fun. And that mindset, just by hearing his videos when I was younger and more naive and more, uh, susceptible to like listening to that kind of stuff. I really bought into that. And I did a couple of years where I like just worked, worked, work. Cause I was like, I have to, this is how business works. This is what this guy's telling me. And it led me to dep- depression, man. Like it was horrible. Yeah. I was so depressed. I had no life. My business was doing good, but there's more to life than business and money and work. Mm. And he, I think instills a very negative mindset in entrepreneurs of mm. you can't enjoy your life and you yeah. have to work. And that if you don't do it, it's your fault because you don't work hard enough. And I think he actually has a very negative effect on a lot of people and it's not talked about. That hustle, work, grind, 24-7 mentality, I think is very detrimental to mental health. Thanks for saying that, Taylor. I think that's really good to hear someone in your position, you know, that's built this massive business, a really successful business and an entrepreneur who's who's built himself from nothing to say that. I think that's very, not not brave, but it's a very... Uh, pertinent and poignant point. So, who are your who are your inspirations then in the e-commerce sort of space and moving into the more you know? I know that you guys are getting into um, you know cr- creation and sharing stories as well and motivating and inspiring the next generation yeah. of entrepreneurs. Yeah. So, some of my motivations are one, Jake Casson. So he's a really good friend. He's here in Los Angeles as well. He started a company called Movement Watches and BMT. They bootstrapped it. He's, I think, 27 or 28. He's a couple years older than me. He sold it about six months ago. or about He sold it about a year ago for $100 million. Wow. Never raised any outside capital. Scaled through e-commerce. What? It's um, crazy. Through social media. Just amazing, smart dude. Like, and he's able to think about things in such simple ways, take complex things and make them very simple. So he's definitely a friend and inspiration. Another one is uh, D. Murphy, who's also in Los Angeles. He's a good friend and inspiration. He started uh, 5-4 Club, which is the largest men's subscription clothing company. And he started probably five other companies since then um, and all under his umbrella. And he's really big on just like giving back, you know, enjoying life too. And it's like, he's the kind of guy, like he has a venture capital firm, does a lot of investing, um, but he still will like, if you hit him up to go get, like have go, go have 10 tequila drinks. He'll go and just put down 10 tequila shots. It's faster than you and just enjoy life. So like, he's a great inspiration because, um, he just shows you could actually enjoy it and be super successful. Yeah. Um, cause I think a lot of entrepreneurs, like a lot of entrepreneurs live one dimensional lives and they're not happy. And there's a lot of, like to be an entrepreneur alone, like you, you have to be a little messed up in the head because you're choosing to 
ostracize yourself from society and like make yourself be different than everyone else. Yeah. Um, and it's a lonely journey and it's just like, I think a lot of people just preach like work, work, work because they're not comfortable in society. They're not comfortable in social situations. Mm. And it's like a disease among entrepreneurs um, to mask their uncomfortableness in some aspects of life by just working. So I really look for people who are very well-rounded mm. and are able to enjoy every aspect of life. Yeah, awesome. And I think it's pretty rare for entrepreneurs. So um, talk me through the steps that you take to, to set up an e-commerce <laughs> business. Like what do you... What, what do you do? Do you sit there and go get a whiteboard and start throwing things at the whiteboard and see what sticks? Or do you just go, right, I've got a product. I'm going to set up a web page. I'm going to, I'm going to test the, the market a little bit with it, throw $5,000 at it and see what happens. And then, and obviously scale yeah. through social media and which is yeah. the Jesus nut of all this, isn't it? It's being able to make a movement on social media, I assume. Yeah. That's so funny you say that because I actually just filmed an online course last week and it's uh, or a couple of weeks ago and it's publishing next week on how to set up an e-commerce store and what to think about. <laughs> um, yeah, right. So that online course. So we do consulting and a lot of our clients for consulting um, is higher ticket. So it's like anywhere from ten to thirty thousand dollars a month is what we charge for consulting to work with clients. But there's this whole subset of younger entrepreneurs that want to learn that can't pay that. So I'm. I have a course that's coming out in a couple of weeks um, all about e-commerce and how to get started and how to like really set up your first e-commerce course. Um, so pretty excited to drop that, but really it's like figure out what the product is make sure the margins work as your product market fit, set up your store and then start driving traffic to it. Make sure your funnels built as best as possible. Yeah. It's it's, it could be as complex or as simple, simple as possible, find a product, set up a store, come up with a name, create some social media accounts and start advertising it. Beautiful. More complex, find a product that has an 80% margin because you need a high margin for an e-commerce product. We want it in the 50 to $150 range because for your average order value, because you need a high CPA, it costs like 20 to $30 at least to acquire a customer through digital acquisition right now. Um, you want a product that has value props and has different value props. You want a product that's lightweight and easy to ship. So it's like you can go very complex and granular into what works yeah. or it could be kind of high high level with it and so with with a hoodie for instance i mean i'm looking at these hoodies now online and of course i'm going to buy a couple mate (laughs) (laughs) i'm looking at these hoodies online and i'm like dude they are good quality and i'm not sure how so do you get them made in the states there's a lot of questions yeah so so we make them in los angeles wow and we commit to making using really high quality materials, high quality fabrics, yeah, um, and a unique blend and our unique cut with it. Yeah. So we we took a lot of time and effort. We don't want to be. There's a lot of people online who are kind of drop shipping yeah. stuff, and that's when you just like literally find a, a factory in China, find a hoodie, right. advertise the hell out of it. Yeah. I call it putting lipstick on a pig to make it look pretty, <laughs> and then you sell some crap from China, and they're not um, coming back. And we want to be the opposite. We, we believe in making high-quality products and people appreciate the quality of it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and I think one of the issues we have in Australia is a lot of the high-quality stuff we then need to ship in bulk from the US at the moment to Australia to then to then redistribute once we sell it, um, which, which is a whole yeah. other level of complexity, um, I assume. So so I've I, I listened to a lot of business podcasts over the years and one of them was about, um, uh, you know, it was one of those businesses that where you rent your house out um online right uh for holidays yeah like an air it might have actually been airbnb and one of of the things that the founders said was to always give more than someone expects and when they were initially starting they were going themselves to the house to help people go into the house for their holiday so you actually had the founders of airbnb for instance say hey i'm such and such and let me walk you through and show you this property and I do that myself. I, I give more than people expect. So if they ask for a T-shirt, because I'm a, a published author as well. Most people on the podcast don't know that. You know, I'm actually a published author. Um, I've written a couple of military. No, they, I did my research. They do know that. They do know that. I'm just there's a lot of people that will pay me out about that. But um, uh, it's, mili- uh, gotcha. it's it's military fiction, right? So I've I I bought a whole heap of those books myself at cost price. And, and then when I yeah. send someone a Warrior U t-shirt for the podcast, I put a book in with it that they don't know is coming. That's so, awesome. So you're giving, you're giving more than they expect, but you can go broke doing that. Yeah, you can. It's the, so that goes back to if you have a product with a margin for it. Right. So 
Like if you're working on razor thin margins, it's hard to do those experiences. Yeah. But um, let's say you are making this pair of glasses right here. Yeah. And they cost you five bucks to make and mm. you're selling them for 150 bucks. Mm. You have a margin to actually do stuff. So even though your glasses cost five bucks, you can send a $5 gift in there and still be making so much money. Right. Whereas if you're making these glasses for five bucks and selling them for 10 bucks, you don't really have a margin to do something fun in there. So. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. That's kind of the idea of when you pick a product with a high margin, it enables you to do those kind of fun, amazing things. Or if you're trying to be a discount brand and work off razor thin margins, it's mm. really hard to do that kind of stuff. Simple economics, isn't it really? Exactly. So you want simple. the biggest possible margin so you can make the best experience. You want the best margin. So you want to sell these for as much as possible so you can put these in a beautiful box. And in that beautiful box, you'd have a beautiful bow around the glasses. Mm. And with that, you can put a nice card in there. And with that, you can put a gift card in there. You can mm. put whatever you want. It's like mm. your margin dictates all the amazing things you could do. Yeah, coolio. And what about giving away for free? So, so you said you're doing some online courses and things like that. And and do you do you find that if you're if you're setting entrepreneurs up for the future by giving them this amazing course, which obviously takes time and effort for you to put it together, whether it's an ebook or whether it's a whole heap of videos, there's production costs, and then and then you're giving that away. Are you expecting something in return surreptitiously from that, or is that just about branding now? And a, and a, or is that now you're at a place in your life where you're set up enough to go? Well, well, now it doesn't matter if it costs me money. Yeah. So the course is going to be selling. We're selling the course. It's going to be three hundred dollars for the course, which I still think is giving away for the amount of value. It's probably ten thousand dollars of value in there for three hundred dollars. So it's really discounted compared to the other courses. Um, and it's not planning to be a huge moneymaker for us. Um, with that, it's paying it forward knowing that like, for me, obviously you need to support yourself with the money aspect, but the best thing is to pay it forward for entrepreneurs. And I've had so many people along my personal journey that have just extended their hand out there without asking for anything in return. And like, that's the only reason I'm able to be where I'm at today. Yeah, Because right. these other entrepreneurs enabling me. And I would tell those guys, and it's people like Jay Casson from Movement, or we've had a bunch of other advisors uh, or mentors. And I always tell them, like, how can I pay you back? And they all, they, they'd all say to me, the way you pay me back is by going and helping another entrepreneur. Yeah, Because I got, every entrepreneur says, I'm the only reason I'm here because someone paid it forward to me. Awesome. So it's on us, every entrepreneur of our age, to go and just pay it forward for the next guy. And it's like, I know I'm only here today because of the way I've been helped in the past. So I, I owe it to a bunch of other people. Yeah, that's super inspiring, Taylor. I do, I do something similar with the Warrior U program. You know, it's, it's $300 as well, Australian though. So that's like $12 US. Um, and <laughs> and um, yeah, and you know, there's probably thousands of dollars worth of value in it as well. And we're just setting up people who, if you want to join the Australian military, you go and you know, go and sit all these courses and you do these online tests and, you know, study and, and all these sort of things. And it sets you up for the cultural practices that are in the Australian Defence Force. And I saw that as a way of, well, let's, let's put all these things into this product and then let's, let's try and inspire the next generation to join the Army, Navy, Air Force, whatever it is. It's different. It's scaled differently than what yours is, is and there's less there's less of a market for it, obviously. But it's it's one of those self actualizing things. It's to make the world a little bit better. Yeah. What is a What does a normal day look like for you? Like what What's sort of your morning routine? What What is an is an entrepreneur's day structured at all, or are you just? <laughs> I'm seeing you in pajama no. pants eating acai bowls after doing CrossFit or going riding along the coast somewhere. I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of spot on, actually. No way. <laughs> Aussie rolls and pajamas crossed. No, I mean, the, <laughs> I think most entrepreneurs are entrepreneurs because they can't stand structure. Yeah. Structure scares me. Right. I, I hate structure. Um, oh man, you and I are I so different. <laughs> what did you say? I'm institutionalized. I'm so structured. It's not funny. Yeah. Structure's so hard for me. Yeah, right. Um, every day is different. 
I try to get up early, earlier than anyone else. So I could, I mean, what I look forward to is I have a couple hours in the morning and a couple hours at night where I can kind of work where the world is off more or less. My nine to five during the day, it's really a lot of meeting with people, exploring opportunities, um, lots of meetings and conversations. And it's so easy to get sidetracked, especially for a millennial with ADD like me. Um, so I make a point to get up, try to get up by seven every single day and get that peace and quiet time where I can check emails, really update things and do the same thing at night. Um, where I call it like my me time. And then in between, like who knows what happens? It's all every day is so different. They're kind of crazy. Pretty crazy. I mean, a lot of meetings with a lot of different industries. The thing is we have such a great skill set in e-commerce and social media as experts, especially in Los Angeles. We have everyone trying to meet with us from, from artists and huge musicians and celebrities who are trying to help us promote their songs to big fortune 500 companies and huge publicly traded companies that are trying to help us need our help to scale their digital presence or to come up with viral campaigns for them. So we, our skill sets in very high demand. So we have a lot of amazing meetings because our skill set translates to anything, right? Marketing and exposure in the social media, digital world. Anyone could use that and benefit from that. Yeah. Uh, especially with, we've, we've got a knack for creating kind of these viral campaigns that win the internet. And we're known as the people in, in Los Angeles that win the internet. So we get to meet with a lot of amazing people, CMOs of like multi-billion dollar companies and like also these Grammy award winning artists and all these like really movie stars, celebrities uh, and people that really want to win the internet. That's amazing. I'm wondering, look, how big is, is it Taylor, Taylor Parker, the business now that you, you run? Is that, is that basically the business name? So Feet is a small off subsidiary, well, small, but it's a subsidiary business to Taylor Parker, right? Exactly. So we have Taylor Parker Ventures, that's at the top. Mm. And then we have three kind of divisions within Taylor Parker Ventures. One is brands that we own. So that's Feet, and we have a couple other concept brands we're about to launch pretty soon. Mm. The second column is brands we help. So those are brands we do consulting for and one retainer to help grow. And then three is brands we invest in. Mm. So we also have a little venture arm. We make some investments into some brands and companies. Um, and then on top of that, Taylor Parker Ventures, we have our own social media where we have a couple hundred thousand followers there. Oh, it's amazing. Um, it's got 297,000 followers and you follow four people. Two of those are, are, are Taylor and Parker. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, so you're an expert in e-commerce. You're an expert... Well, really, you understand economics as well as e-commerce, obviously. And what I'm thinking as an, as an expert in leadership, which is what I would call myself, you're running yeah. a business, but you really haven't had any structured, for use of a better term, leadership training. You've had to learn that on the fly. How, how have you found that? Horrible. I hate being, I hate traditional leaders. So we had 20 people in house at one point. I had 20 employees I was leading and Mm. managing with no structure. And I realized I work really well without structure. Mm. Employees don't. (laughs) (laughs) And when you start managing employees, especially in-house employees, you have to structure it. Yeah. Um, Now we've built amazing distributed teams and we've gotten really good with, you have to get good with leadership and structure when you're working with people. Yeah. So I, when I'm working alone, it's okay to be unstructured, but when I'm working with people, I need to be very organized and very structured. Are you good it's at- a little painful for me, but are you good at visualizing? Are you good at visualizing the future of where you want to go? Are you really good at visualizing as a business what you want to end up as? Yeah, I think I'm really good at visualizing the future. Right. Am I the best at communicating that visualization? Not always. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, definitely have the vision for Taylor Parker is to be able to own a bunch of brands and a bunch of companies that everyone loves and knows to do consulting for a bunch of companies and really helping these big companies. And then also to be investing in a bunch of companies. So it's like under our portfolio, I see the vision. We're going to execute on it. And I'm super excited about it. And it makes sense to me. So yeah, the future to me isn't a tough thing to visualize mm. or dream. But- By virtue of the fact that you're good at visualizing the future and, and understanding clearly where you want to go, you're probably a naturally good leader because Many leaders can't do that, and that's where the that's where the friction point comes. And and if you're able to do that, and then say to people, "Hey, I'll take you on this journey," because you know, as Simon Sinek says, leadership is getting other people to do what you want them to do because they want to do it. You know, and if you're able to motivate them to do that, you're probably naturally quite a good leader, just without structure. A leader without structure, 
It's a new type. Yeah, we're working on the structure part. And what about resilience for, for you guys initially? Like, you know, obviously it wasn't all um, glamorous. I don't even know what sort of car that was that you guys were driving down the street when you were introducing Taylor Parker for the first time and the fact that you were going to do all this. Oh, yeah. I love that. That's I, I, a, what is that? That's my weekend car. Uh, it's called the Polaris Slingshot. Are you joking? Is that really yours? Yeah. yeah. So my, my, my youngest son, he's seven. Um, for, for, his, for Christmas this year, he wants a Bugatti Veyron. <laughs> uh, I want one too. So. Yeah, like to, yeah, I say to him, yeah, if we win the lotto, you can have a Bugatti Veyron. With regards to resilience, you know, and, and resilience is obviously one of those things that's forged through adversity or, or through slowly, incrementally being able to suffer more and more pain or, or you know, pain, endure suffering of some sort, whether that's economic, whether that's physical, whether that's emotional, whatever. But for you guys, did you find that that – there was a certain amount of resilience that you had to build up on that journey that you were getting knocked around a little bit. And- of course, there are so many points where a normal person would have given up and we didn't. And that's the only reason we're here today. So like yeah. talk about socks when we were in college, we started selling, we sold like maybe 10 that we, we put in some of our own money and we, we ordered 3000 pairs of socks from this company in China and go wire like $6,000 China or whatever it was, get the socks and they're amazing socks. We sell through that 3,000 pairs and we bring in like $40,000 of revenue. And we have $40,000 in revenue. And we're 22 at the time. We're like, well, we were like, okay, let's go buy 20,000 pairs. We've made right it. Now. So we go and, <laughs> yeah, we made it. But then we're like, oh, sh- now we have to, we're out of socks. So we have to go buy more socks. We go buy 20,000 pairs yeah. from the same manufacturer and we send them $40,000. And then those 20,000 pairs come and there's no elastic in them. So none of them stretch to the point that you can't even put them on your feet. No. And the factory and trying to stop responding to us, they have all of our money. We have $0. So now like we've been working on this for six months. We were so excited. We had so much money. Now we have no money and we're sitting in a, our, like called with this little warehouse with 20,000 pairs of socks. And we were like, we, they were unsellable. You couldn't put them on your feet. And we're like, cool. We're going out of business. That was fun. That's like when a normal person would be like, I'm done with this. I'm breaking out. And for us, we're like, there's no option. Like we're going to sell these socks. And we ended up selling those 20,000 pairs that didn't stretch and were impossible to put on your feet. Yeah. And we just told people like, look, we're working on it. It was our, it's our only option. We have to sell these, get through, help us. And like, we just rallied. Um, and like that, we should have stopped there and we should have stopped. We've had so many issues with employees or different manufacturers or, I mean, been stiff from vendors who have owed us tens of thousands of dollars and just said, ah, we're not paying you, sue me. And we're like, well, we don't have money to sue you. Damn. Um, yeah. So there's so many points. Are you chasing, are you going after them now that you got money? <laughs> no, it's not, it's, the juice isn't worth the squeeze anymore. Yeah. Um, but there's so many points where a normal person would have said, yeah, I'm done. This yeah. isn't going to work. Yeah. But for some reason, we were just so motivated to build out this dream that nothing could stop us. And that's the only reason we're here today. Yeah. What was your business partner's name again? His name's Parker. Parker, yeah. Um, and so Parker has the sort of same mindset as you? Yeah, there's no other option. We're going to succeed. And so That's the, the like, two of you reinforce each other's sort of... Exactly. Yeah. And we're both really good. We, I mean, that relationship with him has been the biggest blessing ever because yeah. when one of us is down, the other one can pick each other back up. Yeah. And we're able to bounce ideas off each other and, and it really feels like we're not going through the journey alone because we yeah. both have each other. Yeah. Um, and we're both so similar minded. Um, so that's been really awesome and encouraging. Did you, did you use, did you use something as simple as Shopify initially or did you create your yeah. own? Yeah. We still use Shopify. Wow. That's amazing. I'm trying to reach out. Yeah, to Shopify. So, uh, they've got a, they've got a, they've, they've got to, um, yeah. Sponsor the warrior you podcast. I think Shopify, <laughs> they, um, did you do population studies on the areas where you were, where you were looking to sell into? Did you, did you go to that detail? Because that's one of the things that I think Australian entrepreneurs, that sort of e-commerce business to population, where they suffer a little bit is they go, I've got this great idea. You know, we've got a population of 26 million over, over a country, which is not much smaller than the States, which means, mm-hmm. whereas when I look at California, and I quite often dream of taking the podcast to California because I could walk three metres down the street and find someone amazing to talk to, you know, yep. and um, as as does Joe Rogan, you know, and those guys. 
you know. So, yeah. so you're around all these amazing people. The population of, of California is the population of Australia. So if you make it in that one state, you've made it, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's interesting to think about. But then once you make it in that state, you're like, why haven't I made it in the whole U.S. yet? And then you make it in the whole U.S. and you say, why haven't I made it in the whole world yet? It's mm. like big fish, small pond. Um, but yeah, as far as I think their initial question was about just like doing research on yeah. the demographics. Yeah. That was a question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Around the sizes. Yeah. And- we don't do any of that. It just sell. Just sell. <laughs> um, we're, we're not the type to do any research. Just jump into it. It's like we're the type of person – we don't check the temperature of the pool. We just jump in. We don't, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of our mentality the whole way. It's like, we'll build it on the fly and we'll figure it out. And we just got to go, go, go and not stop. Do you think that you've built perhaps a, a sort of tribe, you know, around the, the, the people that follow you? Have you built a following that's based on like-minded people or, or is it something different than that? What do you think? No, yeah, it's definitely like-minded people that are interested in us and our journey in e-commerce. And it's more than socks. It's living this. It's for us. It's all, it's more than the companies we do. It's more than kind of the campaigns we do. It's, it's showing people that you could actually live life on your own terms in your twenties and you're not confined to anything in society and you can go do and make the career in life that you want. And that, you can't let anyone else dictate what your life could be or what it should be that you can go and define it yourself. Is it possible that there's only, you know, 10, 20,000 positions for guys in their twenties to be, to have these amazing businesses. And then the rest of us have to, and I'm, and I'm, when I say the rest of us, obviously not me, I'm double your age, but the rest of those people of that age have to just suck it up and go and work for organizations because surely not everyone's able to, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think it depends on what you want. So like some people that like structure, like some people want to know they get a paycheck every two weeks yeah. and that's what they prefer. Some people like me, I'm like, I don't care if I don't get paid for six months. If I'm enjoying my life and then all of a sudden I get one huge thing, I'm like, I'll, I'll take that risk. <laughs> yeah. I don't care. Funny that. I think to each their own, there's always going to be the people that want, don't want to take the risk. But I think there's a lot more, especially with my generation, people that don't want to, like, I think, the older generation is kind of ingrained in us, at least in the U.S., is like you graduate school, mm. you kind of work, and you're nobody at your job for the first five years. And you do all like the work that nobody wants to do, and you work your way up, and you work your way up, and then you work hard, and then maybe in your 30s and 40s works better, but you're at the same company, mm. and then you retire at 65, and you enjoy life. And yeah. it's like, I think my generation is like, screw that. Like, I want to enjoy my 20s. Yeah. Like, I don't want to work to enjoy my 60s. Mm. Um, so a lot of people call us millennials lazy. Um, I think we're just, yeah. we're selective on what we, what we uh, value in different ways. And I think a lot of people want to try to figure out how they can, in, it's less about work to live and it's more about, um, it's less about live to work and it's more about work to live. So yeah. it's like, how can you structure your work around what you want to do in your life versus how can how does your don't let your work dictate your life? I think you're far from lazy, mate. <laughs> far from lazy. <laughs> I think the next gold rush, and and I mean it in in sort of um, in the sort of way of of the next big thing is probably going to be time management. People teaching time management, um, or yeah. you know, and we hear a lot of things about life coaches, and and I hate that term, but it's probably not a bad pursuit for people do you, what do you think is the next thing that's coming the next sort of you know boom is it going to be something similar to that do you think um uh, the next boom yeah i think uh i think i really think there's gonna be a boom of people and it sounds ironic but people on social media advertising on how to get off social media mm. <laughs> and, and how to go out there and enjoy life and not be too dependent on your phone mm. i think we're in this weird bubble right now of like I mean, I'm on Instagram two to three hours a day and mm. that's light numbers compared to like some of my friends and people I know are on it like five, six hours a day on social media. And mm. it's like, take a step back and be like, damn, no one's living. Everyone's walking around like this, with yeah. their eyes glued to their phone all day. And so I think there's gonna be a huge wave of like coaches helping people to get off social media. And like, I think it's going to be like cigarettes where we look back at it 50 years from now and mm. be like, how do we not know it was so addicting and so bad for you? Isn't it now ironic? Do? It's so ironic that it's what's, you know, the, the Instagram, the social is what's built your company the way it is. But even you can see and say, you know, there's a, there's, it's a, yeah, there's a greater good out there on the other side of it. Yeah. 
exact my dream and it's so ironic because i built my company on social media i'm an expert on social media my dream is to one day to just have a flip phone and only have 10 people know my number and not have to text or have any social media and my dream is like can't wait to be able to enjoy life and just walk around the streets not check my phone every two seconds not worry about it and just to be present in the moment but then and i always tell myself like the day i make it I'm going to know I made it when I don't care about anything else. And I'm able to just get a flip phone or not have a phone and just be with the five to 10 people I care about. And that's it. But then I wouldn't have had this amazing opportunity to have a chat to you, Taylor. <laughs> yeah. What, so um, you can't made it. Yeah. Yeah. Human optimization. So what sort of things do you do to, to get the most out of yourself? You know, is it, do you, and I know that nootropics is really big in the States. I'm not sure if you're into that sort of stuff. I know a lot of people are. What is that? Uh, the whole nootropics sort of thing, you know, like vitamins and, and, and those sort of things. Um, or they're, they're more than vitamins. They're like you know, drugs, basically. There's companies in San Francisco that make them now. Um, right. And then there's like, you know, all the things like Halo, Neuro, Neurosport and stuff like that. Do you use anything like that to, to optimize yourself or is there other ways you do it? Caffeine? Yeah, so it's funny. I didn't drink coffee until about a year ago, and I never drank coffee. And I made the weirdest. So you're telling me you built all coffee. this? You built all this without coffee? Yeah, exactly. What are you like, I'm, Jesus? I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> what? Are you like Jesus? What the hell? <laughs> uh, no. So about a, uh, 2018 going to 2019, my New Year's resolution was to drink one cup of coffee a day. <laughs> from I went from. Stone Cold never drinking coffee to make it a New Year's to drink a co- cup of coffee a day. And it sounds crazy, but I, just, I wanted to be more productive and get more out of my day. Yeah, yeah. But I think a big thing when it comes to productivity that's completely underrated is focus. Like if you could focus 100% of your time on something, you could knock out most tasks that take an hour. You could do them in 10 minutes. Yeah, like man. nothing takes that long. Just actually buckle down, focus. Like if someone put a gun to your head and said, you have five minutes to do this, yeah. you could do it in five minutes. Yeah. But if you can have all day and you can mess around on it, it could take you two hours. Yeah. So it's like being extremely focused on things with the mindset of like, I'm doing this, I'm going to go crush it in this period of time. Yeah. And that's it. And then Dude. I'm done. And it's like, I mean, I embody that in everything I do from when I go to, I go to the gym for 30 minutes a day. I do everything I need to do because in, within 30 minutes, if you go hard, like you could get a great workout in 30 minutes. Right. Um, seven minute abs, man. Thing. Seven minute abs. Yeah, I do. I actually do. I do seven minute halves and then I, I run, I run three miles and that's 15, like 20 minutes, three miles. And then I do a little other stuff workouts, but like yeah. I have a great workout in 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, and the same thing with everything I do. It's like no bullshit, get it done and then move on. And that's how I think that's the best productivity hack is like, Love it. just actually give your hundred percent to things and yeah. just get them over with. There's a, there's a guy in the States. You might've heard of him, Cal Newport, who, who talks about this. Look it, look him up. Cal, Cal Newport um, is a professor of of computer science, and um, and he talks about he basically talks about. Oh, yeah. yeah, he's brilliant. Um, yeah, interesting. So, a few other few other little questions that I have for you. You know, what's next? What's the self actualization of of um, Taylor Parker, and why isn't it Parker Taylor? I don't get that. So when we when we made the name Parker Taylor was taken on Instagram and Taylor Parker wasn't so here did Taylor Parker look at me simple as that exactly the the self realization is just I mean I really just want to get to a point where I enjoy every day of my life and I'm doing things I enjoy every single day I think it takes time to get there but it's really to me I'm not motivated by money I'm not motivated by success like I'm motivated by I want to have a smile on my face as I want to do things. I enjoy as much as possible and figure out for me how I could do things and enjoy. Like my biggest goal in life is how do I figure out how to have the greatest amount of happiness for the greatest period of time. Yeah. And like, that's what I'm working towards. Awesome. And I just want to be happy all the time. Like, um, so that's stuff like just what is going to take to make me happy. That's what I want to do. And, and someone like yourself who's an expert on social media, what advice would you have for any young entrepreneurs in Australia that are looking to double down on, on their social media? And to Have you got any rules that you use or, or, or stuff that people who are listening to this might be able to apply? Yeah. Um, don't post if it's not engaging or different or standing out. Like, Don't do what everyone else is doing. When everyone else zigs, you have to zag. Do the opposite. Like, You really have to stand out. You have to be engaging. Um, and 
just be different, like be unique and be your true self. Like people can really tell like when someone's editing a picture and it's not them or when someone's about to take an Instagram story and like they change the way they are. It's like, no one wants that. Like don't try to be a perfect version of yourself. People want raw. Like, people want you, you to mess up. People want like people genuinely like trueness and genuine people. So it's like, just be yourself and be genuine and don't be ashamed. Just do it. Yeah. And what about, what about the amount of well, – what sort of scale does someone put into social media out of the money that they're making? Do you have a percentage that you would say to reinvest in social media? Yeah, I mean, with most of our businesses, we're reinvesting about a third. A third? Into, into social media advertising, yeah. So wow. it's like if we, could, if we do a million dollars in sales in a month, we probably would have spent anywhere from two hundred fifty to 350000 on social media advertising. That, that is insane. Yeah. Yeah, right. Cool. Hey, Taylor, I want to thank you so much, man, for your time. I think, you know, the opportunity to talk to someone. Well, first of all, I've met a few people who are on the on the Forbes, you know, rich list and to be on the um, 30 under 30, it, what amazes me about the people that I've met, the under 30s, actually is, yeah. is this um, humility that they have that some of the other people don't. Which is interesting. We're not ready yet. We just got press. Yeah, that's it. And the and also the um, you know, just just the willingness to share for someone who's got a story like yours. There's a million people who are probably as talented or as smart that just that gave up, and now they're yeah. like you say they're pulling paychecks. Um, and they'd have interesting stories as well. But yeah, someone like yourself who's who's gotten through the fire and you're on the other side of it now, and you you know you're still blazing away. I think that's. A, you know, it's brilliant that you're you're offering you know yourself so freely, especially to come on a, a free podcast like this, which I think is fantastic. If you're ever in Australia and you want to come and hang out with the next special forces major, mate, come and come and see me, and we'll go surfing. I'd love to. I'll definitely let you know. There's an e-commerce conference I was talking to someone about speaking at, so I'll definitely keep you posted and let you know if I'm out there. And how can people uh, how can people like myself and a few of my close friends find out about your um your $300 course that we're all going to jump on. I'm going to make sure they do. Follow Taylor Parker on Instagram and we'll be posting about it there when it comes out. So it's just T-A-Y-L-O-R-P-A-R-K-E-R, Taylor Parker. And we'll post about it then and I'll show you an email and ping you when it comes out as what, well. What was it like when you got the blue tick? Uh, Bloody Instagram. It was, <laughs> I mean, it's so funny. It's a vanity metric. It's like the Forbes yeah. 30 thing. It's like yeah. outside world. They think it's it makes you so legit and cool. Internally, doesn't doesn't change anything. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and it's funny because you could tell what entrepreneurs are chasing vanity metrics yeah. like that, and you could tell what entrepreneurs want to build sustainable businesses, and you could tell what entrepreneurs want to make a difference in the world. Yeah. And like people have different goals. You could tell like, I mean, we're not motivated by vanity metrics. They're cool and all, and make us legitimate. But like, to some entrepreneurs or some people, that's such a motivator. Yeah. To us, it's like, okay, cool, like. Got the blue check, whatever. Whereas I want to make an impact. Uh, yeah. I, don't, I don't give a shit about blue checks. Yeah. But some people care about it so much. So it's um, it's an interesting thing because it's like, it's something that's so valuable to some people. And like, literally, it's just a, it's a blue check mark you, <laughs> on your, like, what does it matter? Did you wake like up? A piece of, like, did you wake up one day and it was just there and you're like, hey, what the? Uh, no, we have a bunch of friends at Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. Um, so we have a bunch of pages we've got verified and like yeah. I actually helped a lot of friends get verified too. Cause I mean, don't say that, don't sure. say that on this podcast, mate, because people will be, I'm going to edit that uh, out because people will be like, what the hell? Yeah. It's a thing. It's a thing. Hey, so buy my online course and I'll teach you how to get verified. There you go. Yeah, start, <laughs> you need to start a, a $200,000 course to get verified and people would bloody pay yeah, it. Right. I'm sure they would. No. Yeah. There's a whole dark market for verification. I've known people that have paid like, 25 50 grand for verification yeah right obviously access to someone like yourself i'm going to ask you a question for, about my business so okay. I've, got, I've got this podcast it's had a hundred thousand downloads i love doing it it's it's monetized yeah. which is cool you know whatever how do i get it to the maximum amount of people through social media so that they go and listen to it so they un, so that they hear the message that we're we're sending which is to be a better version of yourself or, or to treat actually what what our what my hook line is what my tagline is is to treat your life as your most important mission oh that's interesting i like that i mean so it's paid and unpaid strategy so paid there's things you could do to drive downloads through like facebook and instagram 
of digital acquisition, like paying for marketing, but it's also like finding people in the space who have followings of people that would be interested mm. and then getting them to post about it, getting them on the podcast and incentivizing them to spread the message. So it's like, how do you brand it in a point where it's so digestible, where mm. it just makes sense like that? Mm. It's like, okay, cool. I have a podcast that does this for this. It's like, boom, done. I like it. I'm going to share it. Yeah. That right. type of thing. Yeah. And Brand so you, simple as possible, then find the right people to distribute that message. So you really are creating a modern word of mouth. Exactly. And and now a person's word of mouth will go, God, a long way because they've got- It depends on the person. Yeah, right. <laughs> a person's word of mouth could go to 100,000 people, 100 million people, or five yeah. people. Yeah. And, and, depends on the following. And it might go to 100,000 people and 20 of those people are legitimate followers. Which is the, which is the well. other thing I'm finding. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Hey, let's keep in touch, man. If I can do anything for you, um, sure. if you can see any way that uh, I can value add, please let me know. And I really appreciate it. We'll do it. I'll, I'll let you know when the course comes out. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Cool. Yeah. So, I love what you're doing. I love the podcast. I love the concept. I love chatting with you today. Like, thanks. this was awesome. What you're doing is awesome. Thanks, Taylor. Appreciate it, man. Of course. See you, mate.